Welcome to On Repeat, the weekly podcast giving you an insight into the minds of musicians with me, Ellie Rashid. And me, Hattie Winter. In this week's episode of On Repeat, we speak to Intellect, aka Josh, who is possibly one of the busiest people we know. Definitely. So, if I can say this all in one breath, he is one half of Purdue can't do it. He is one half of production duo Billy Dukes, a radio host on Represent Radio, the founder of School of Bop, an initiative aimed at getting young curious creatives into the world of music production, and of course an artist and producer in his own right. So Josh's music is truly genre bending and we'll be talking loads about genre during this podcast. His heavy instrumentation and sampling plus uh, it's inspired by the likes of hip hop, soul, gospel and rock, which all culminate to make his kind of trippy sounds. His self-produced debut EP is called It Is What It Is. I I W I I. The release show just celebrate UK talents such as Jacob Banks, Koji Radical, Jay Prince and Ella Frank and similarly was celebrated by UK radio royalty Trevor Nelson, Mr Jam and DJ Targa. And with such a multifaceted career, Josh's passions I'd say can really boil down to two things, connections and communities. In lockdown, he made the crowdsource release Choppy Chops, which encouraged people to send in samples for him to create music from. And as the proud father of School of Bop, Josh gladly and eagerly, and also, you know, this isn't like a normal thing, but he passes on his experience and knowledge to teens and young adults and brings them together with his artist friends to help people make industry connections, which is a really, really important role to play and more people should do it. So yeah, so much. This guy does so much. This guy does so much. So much. Incredible. It was such a a pleasure to get to speak to him. And I really hope that uh, if you're listening, you enjoy it as much as we did. Because honestly, I learnt loads. So in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about genre. So picking it apart, talking about his community work with young people and getting through creative blocks or so-called bad ideas and you know particularly over lockdown when people some people are thinking oh I'm not feeling very creative can't do very much yeah we'll be discussing how that that feels also if you're liking the music in the background it's called peace and it was on intellect's release the adventures of master splinter in 2019 and we will link to it in the show notes don't forget we've also made a facebook page now which you can find at on repeat the podcast easy enough to find easy enough to remember so yeah sit back keep it on repeat with intellect and enjoy we hope you love this interview as much as we did I go by the artist name of Intellect. I'm a producer, a DJ, a session musician, and a radio presenter. And also the co-founder of School of Bop, which is a production workshop that allows young people, young kids, to get their creative juices flowing, learn how to produce, uh, create music. That's kind of like over three days. And on the third day, we do a showcase. I get some of my artist friends to come down and we have a little a panel. We listen to the instrumentals that the people made. And uh, yeah, they get their network on. 
it's a really, really, really beautiful thing in collaboration with Native Instruments. A shout out to Native Instruments. The last ones we did were with Native Instruments and uh, Nike's Community Space, 1948 London, which was really cool. So That is a very impressive CV. Thanks. I would say. <laughs> did you learn how to how to produce and things through workshops or did you just learn yourself and was it trial and error? Um, a long time ago, actually, I learned how to DJ through like uh, a workshop, but it was kind of like, it was at a youth club to be fair. Oh. A youth club, yeah. Um, but uh, as far as production, that was through college. Mm. Yeah, production. I just learned from early and my parents, thank God for my parents, they just knew that I wasn't the most academic person. So they were like, <laughs> hey, cool. <laughs> A-levels? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, guys, please just let me do music production. And I think that's what's allowed me to kind of go super duper hard for music as well, because like they've allowed me to just kind of go my own path and like just create and be able to make music. Because when you get the green light, especially coming from where I'm coming from, like um, from an African household, if your parents give you the green light for something less, like the arts, you have to give it 100%. You have to. <laughs> no, you honestly. So, yeah. I feel uh, you on that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm from a Pakistani household, and if mm. you want to do the arts, <laughs> it's like right. you better do it well. Right. Do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trust me, you have to stand out. <laughs> yeah. I'm from a Caribbean background, so I. It's pretty similar. <laughs> right, right, right. So we have the shit. Okay, so it's all sharing the same. Okay, cool. Where do you find all your inspirations from when you make music? Um, the main inspiration, I think the live elements that I put in my music definitely comes from my background in, uh, I guess my church background, uh, learned keys and drums. So um, also being a pastor's son as well. I think that was the main thing. So like my rock stars back in the day when I was younger were just like gospel musicians, like so like oh wow Ron Canoli, Fred Hammond Alvin Slaughter so those are the people I listened to like growing up and then just kind of having that live element because all those songs were never like they were never recorded like um gospel albums if you listen to them most of them aren't um in studio they're always like at like a a show or like a church service or like an arena or whatever and they've recorded that so when I listened to music I was always digesting it as like a live um, piece or like a, a live arrangement. And then growing up, um, my nan gave me my first iPod. Then I just went crazy. I went crazy. I just like <laughs> found every bit of music I could grab hold of. I was like, I was just like holding on to it and like learning that. And just um, then I went through a gangster rap phase. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then college came. Then I kind of learned about uh, more rock, more metal. And then, um, and then after that, I kind of, oh, in that time I found Jay Diller and I think that's when everything kind of fell into place. I was like, oh, okay. And all those elements all together then made this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can really hear that. All these influences like weaving together. Um, I don't mm. think I knew that about the kind of church and gospel background. No, we haven't discussed, no, we haven't spoken about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's where it all starts really. I love that so much. Because that's so beautiful. And it's kind of like a really hard thing to kind of capture this like live element kind of sound to it. Yeah. And also it's like, um, it kind of, uh, it makes you want to then be more precise 
what you're doing because they they have to they practice they practice that stuff and then they go do it live do you know what i mean so during their practice sessions they're making it as tight as they can so um that's kind of giving me that you know discipline to make sure whenever i'm doing these things i just want to make sure they're as clean as they possibly can be but also kind of give that loose kind of live element to them so in regards to like i don't know certain instruments not putting them on beat so it kind of just gives it a little bit more of a a real feel because your drummer's never going to be unless your drummer's a robot then okay cool it's going to be precisely (laughs) on do you know what i mean so yeah but you use live instrument like live played instruments when you're recording ever or is it just um just sounds so it depends on the songs sometimes so sometimes i'll um get some i'll play myself Mm. so i'll play keys or depending on the session i might go in the kit play like a drum groove or uh i'll get instrumentalists to come in uh play some uh bass guitars uh live brass brass is always i, I love yeah brass, so <laughs> yeah so um if you hear any of my music that's got brass in it it is recorded here in my little old room and um yeah so sometimes it depends on the song if it needs it but some songs i can just um i'll play um just through MIDI, but kind of give it that live feel. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I really like what you said about keeping the live feel, but also making it really crisp and clean. And um, mm. I was thinking about all the influences you were saying. So and we, I think we've had this conversation before as well about genre and how to label things. Like what would you label your music? Because I've seen it labeled as quite a, like a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> like what would what would you say it was? Um I don't want to be that guy, but I'm gonna be that ah. guy. I I don't <laughs> I don't label my music. Yes. I, I can't. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. Because we were speaking to someone last week who was uh, quite into labeling. We had this little mm. debate about it. And like I'm right. of I'm of the opinion that things shouldn't be labeled necessarily. It's practical, isn't it? But Yeah. How do you feel about it then? No, I agree. I feel like um, depending and it, with labels as well, and it, it depends on your knowledge of that label that you're now putting on it as well, because certain labels in you like, okay, cool. In this, let's say this is hip hop. Your knowledge of hip hop might be a bit limited to somebody else that's kind of like invested in hip hop. Mm. And then they know the subgenres of hip hop. So mm-hmm. for example, if I was to say, oh, I make hip hop music, that could mean so many different things to so many different people because everyone has their own spec of hip hop. So for example, oh, um, that means he makes like, some people might be, okay, he makes gangster rap music or some people might be like, okay, cool. He makes lo-fi or some person might be like, yeah. So it's, it depends. But yeah, I think like labels, it it, it helps us understand, Mm. but we pigeonhole as well in our understanding, which is, which I feel can be dangerous. I totally agree. And I think, I totally agree as well. I wonder if, um, you know, when you're working with young people, do you find, um, I find that it's, it's, it's almost really good to have a sort of genreless approach because you say like people pigeonhole and they can stereotype and actually people are just growing up with stereotypes, which can put them off certain genres and right. it it stops that kind of beauty of just being able to create music from all different influences that we inevitably have, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I was thinking as well, like, you know how Spotify 
um we were talking about this with our about dj being djing being an extension of jazz and everything and spotify having playlists like uh shower music lost in the woods coffee break <laughs> things like this and obviously it's subjective but if you yeah. could have so so if we're gonna say your music's genreless what mm kind of like based around that kind of thing what would your playlist be called where would it where would it might it be played what might you be eating <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question that's a wicked question what i've noticed is that when people listen to my music it's either they're on a journey they're going somewhere or they're either um physically going somewhere or they're working on something and they've used my music to then get themselves to their destination kind of thing so mm. Um, whether it be finishing a project, that's the destination. So uh, maybe not music to live to. Maybe hmm, something to do with traveling, but not just I don't journey know. music's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, journey music is a thing. journey music's a journey thing. Music so it, yeah. yeah, definitely, there are some people that I like can't listen to on a commute, and other things that I will only put on on a commute. So mm. yeah. I think your playlist could just be called music to travel to. I, I kind of like yeah. the broadness of that. <laughs> do you have, do you have like the same approach or the same thoughts about your solo work as well as your work in your duo called Billy Dukes? Yes. Um, Billy Dukes, I guess is, is still an extension of me. Um, but I think when someone else is added to it, so uh, when G3 did, um, when we started Billy Dukes, I had a sound in mind for him. So, but at the same time, I also want to then put across my sound. But then I realized that it's going to be my sound anyway, because I'm making it. Mm. So it's always going to be an extension of me. So um, the approach is always, the approach is still kind of the same. Now the approach is different, but the foundation is the same, excuse me, because hmm. I'm always making it. So, yeah. What's the like difference in approach? Do you kind of, I don't know, like, do you start different? Is it, do you have like rituals to when you're like making music together? Is it? Um, yeah, we have a ritual. We just have a laugh for like the first hour and a half to two hours. We catch up. We watch like loads of videos of just like ridiculous, ridiculous stuff on youtube and um then we just get into music it can always it can always change sometimes he'd be like oh i heard this song the other day this is amazing what do you think of this okay cool i think we can find inspiration from this or he might give me a direct song and be like okay cool we should sample this i'm like okay cool or it might be a voice note that i had and i was just humming something and i'm like okay cool what do you think we could do with this or it, it just it changes it always like it varies so it's just really fun to be able to kind of it's a blessing actually when i think about it now it's a real blessing that i'm able to kind of just start from wherever i want mm. or wherever I, where, you know and just find myself having an end product but also being able to persevere because i know it can be really tough trying to make a song and you're not getting anywhere with this song and you just got to keep pushing i feel like you got to keep pushing some people have to take a break and i understand that but i feel like i need to push through it to then really yeah to get to the other side of it and just uh, enjoy it. Kind of like the idea of like the runner's block or the writer's block. You kind of have to like get through that wall to mm. continue. Yeah. I don't know if I really believe in writer's block or runner's block. That's interesting. Ooh. 
That's really interesting because I, I speak to loads of people who would be like, right, this idea is kind of going nowhere. I'm either going to drop it or come mm. back to it, like you said, with a yeah. fresh mind. Yeah. But I haven't spoken to many people who don't believe in writer's block. That's really interesting. So you, do you are you yeah. always feeling pretty inspired? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, so I don't know, maybe it's because I don't see as taking a break sometimes as a block. So sometimes I'll only do like a 16 bar of something. So no more than 30 seconds of a song. But I'm like, okay, cool. I've put that down. Um, I will visit that later. I don't see it as a block. It's just like, probably now's not the time. There's so many other songs that I've released and I'm mm. that just needed, I needed time away from them. I didn't, just, I don't see it as a block. I just see it as a little break. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that's what makes it easier for me to deal with it. Because maybe if I called it a block, I'd probably be like, there's a negative connotation exactly. to the yeah, block. Absolutely. I'm just about to say, try and take some of that away and like uh, make some beats. Yeah, yeah, you definitely sure. should. Uh, I think pe a lot of people have been feeling that in lockdown as well at the moment. People we've spoken to be like, yeah, mm. you know, I just haven't been in the creative mindset. Do you feel like you've been in creative mindset, Josh? Or you feel like mm. your inspiration yeah, is like always strong? Yeah, do you know what? Um, uh, I want to say a massive shout out to my friends. Um, so basically, we, we we dropped a project recently, actually. It's called The Lucy's Project Volumes 1 and 2. So a group of my friends, my creative friends, we just like uh, had, we created a group chat. Um, and uh, an artist called Lexa Moore. She's, she's incredible, an incredible writer, incredible artist. She um, had an idea that we just, the community just needs to come together and just make a project um whether it be instrumentals that you've had for the longest of time or um you know whether you just want to make something new like let's create a group get everyone in it and um yeah we just started making it it was just it just kept us really active and really busy and uh, which was really That's cool amazing. really really cool it's amazing so yeah and it was just um the power of community as well um people coming together in a very very crazy time mm -hmm. to just make sure we try and stay creative and uh yeah that and choppy chops as well i've been doing that as well on my instagram so yeah i've been uh, loving them i asked people to send me yeah oh thanks i've been asking people to send me samples um i've had some very interesting ones like um someone sent me the uh alarm clock for apple one of the apple oh, alarm no, clocks don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah and don't you work for apple you work for yourself, right <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> Yeah, that so um that was that was interesting but uh it's good fun it is really good fun so that's been keeping me active so i've i've stopped that for a little while um i mean i did the last one today for like season one if you will and then i'm probably gonna start it again later on but um yeah that's been pretty cool have you ever made anything josh that you were like i'm doing all of this right it's it's all going well but it just didn't turn out the way that you wanted to be but it still worked if that's ever happened then you haven't heard it <laughs> So, <laughs> but there no there are one or there are one or two um yeah that i've just um i've said yeah i'm enjoying this is great i think it's always like when i'm working really late though it's when i'm working late so like maybe it's like two or three in the morning and i'm working i'm trying to get through this song i'm like yeah this is a vibe this is great i'm enjoying it sleep on it fresh ears the next morning i'm like what the heck is this <laughs> what is this who made this? 
it's like someone came into my room and literally like just kicked down my door and just <laughs> decided to just make whatever they could. Yeah, just like I'm making beats. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, there there have been some misses, like some misses, like making music. But I guess it's all part of the process. Some some I've enjoyed. Um, what I've learned to do now is that if um if a beat can sometimes be a miss, I'll try and find the elements that I like and then try and put them into another song. Mm. Um, so maybe if it's a chord progression I like, then I'll try and put it into another song. Or even better, I just sample the whole thing again. So how do you know when something is good? or And how do you know when something is finished? That age old um, um, question. Yeah. I, so some some songs, I, I mean, I've learned over time that I, I just need to kind of put a lid on certain things. Because um, if I have my own way, I would just, I'll add, I'll add and add and add. So over the years, um, my songs used to be like, they used to be about over 50 elements of like 50 sounds in one thing. Um, and it just didn't need it sometimes. Like, and then I'd start like my, one of my friends who's an engineer, he would go through my stuff and like, okay, cool. You don't need that sound. I'm like, well, no, I, I, I believe I do. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> this is what makes the song. And he was like, no, not really. He'd mute it and be like, how do you feel? I'm like, yeah, the essence is still there. He was like, okay, cool. So he didn't need it really and truly. So I think the walls are being broken down with cultures and genre worlds because um, back in the day, if you were, let's say, uh, into punk, there was a particular uniform that you'd wear yeah. to be into punk. Um, if you were mod, you'd have a particular uniform. So, and over time now, like you go to places, um, you see the demographic of people, you see the fashion, what people are wearing. And it's all very different because now like people have realized that there is no, you don't have to have a real uniform for, to enjoy a genre now, mm. like, or like, genres are becoming a lot more vast that they're, they're so vast now that like you might be into the subgenre of that world but you know might not have a uniform for it or like do you know what i mean so yeah it's uh well, one you just need a form of transport yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uniform <laughs> no uniform <laughs> just uh, just wheels listen to similar music that you make or do you listen to something completely different oh it always be completely different um depends as well depends on who i'm with as well mm. so um there's certain people i know that have like i don't know um it's so it's gonna sound weird i see music as like facebook so there's certain genres or certain bits of music that i know that someone else is going to enjoy because that could be i would say our mutual friend in it that would be it. Oh. Right. So, so we're always going to have, ah, <laughs> so we'll always chat about, we will always have this mutual friend between us, but somebody else in our group might not know that mutual friend, if that makes sense. The other person might not know that or might not be that acquainted with that person. So may not add to that person or listen to that genre That's of music. incredible. I love it. So. I've never I mean I, I don't see it specifically in a Facebook way but I do oh get God. the kind of overlap <laughs> I, idea right my mind is blown I'm like oh my god sorry I'm like <laughs> got my hands over my eyes <laughs> and I've just like never thought about that it's I'm interested to to know what 
the most obscure mutual friend is like who's that one it's like people you may know sort of category okay, or someone cool. you've been so... poked by 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> um let's have a look because i've got one that's really 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 out there um uh, yeah i really like code orange it's very heavy very very heavy um what kind of music is it definitely metal um you did say yeah. that you looked into metal a little bit after your rap phase i think one of the first metal i guess bands i was introduced to was system of a down Oh my god! Uh, yes, is yeah. it is it Chop Suey? Yes, it was that, Chop Suey. That indeed, that is such a, such a banger. Oh yeah. my god! So that was like one of the first things in in college. I was like, wow, it was just amazing to me because I could I could understand the correlation between gospel and metal, and that was discipline and never having the same kind of um, time signatures and sounds for that long. So in gospel, you, you never know where the song's going to go from time to time. It could go anywhere. You never know if there's going to be a key change. You never know if there's going to be a time signature change. Um, and that was the same thing in metal. And there's discipline. It's so tight. It's so clean. It's so precise. And I could understand that. And I was like, yo, like, I need this. I need more of this in my life. Like, and yeah. That makes sense now when I think of classical musicians talking about how similar metal and classical is because classical sort of well obviously like when you say classical it's the same as sort of saying having that complication around genre because you've got all sorts of different classical but the sort of prevailing time signatures and everything like that is completely I remember um uh one of my ex-boyfriends actually he was really into his heavy metal and his dad was a classical musician and they were having this debate and I remember at the time thinking what? <laughs> and and then the more you kind of learn and, and you see it that way, you think, okay, yeah. And like you just said with gospel and everything kind of fits into one in that way, doesn't it? So do you think yeah. you've got any any kind of metal influences in your stuff? Because I haven't, I can't hear it immediately, but do you think um... of it in that way? Maybe you don't think of it when you're actually making it. It's probably just subconscious, right? Like, Yeah. Do you know what? I think um, one thing that I definitely have taken from metal is that cut out of like when the when the beat cut, when the drum drummer stops. The texture and stuff. everyone runs the same line. Yeah. Everyone runs the same line. That is one thing I do in quite a few of my songs. Oh, yeah. And the five, the minus five semitone thing on your guitar. What? That's one thing I like doing. What was that? Sorry. On your melody. So like. For example, let's say you've got a line, a melody line, the minus five semitone thing is always a good, like is, you always find a harmony in there. Like a lot of guitarists will do that. So your first guitarist will play the line. The person playing the same line is always minus five semitones under. Ah. So like when you have a harmony in a solo, it tends to be either minus five or depending on the scale it might be minus four, but yeah, semitones. Mm -hmm. I love this. This is all like totally blow my mind. Before, when we were um, doing a little sound check, I was um, I was saying to Hattie, "Oh, do we? How how shall I address him? Shall I say Josh or or Intellect?" And then it made me think, how? Where did you get 
your name from and how difficult was it to sort of come up with because I know it's such a difficult thing for artists to come up with a name it's a big deal isn't it and do you feel like mm. like you were saying that you stick with ideas is this something that you were like yeah I'm going to stick with this or is it something you expect, expect to sort of fluctuate and change um yeah uh there was a uh, day where I think uh, right, okay. I don't know something had happened and like someone was really upset and I just kind of get I'm always that person that kind of gives that little word of like oh here you go da, da, da. like I feel like this and maybe you should do that that might help kind of thing I was I was that guy and people are like oh yeah man oh bro you're so intellectual man and then I was like oh <laughs> cool I'm just gonna run with that but um and i spelt it i-n-t-a-l-e-k-t and it's just so funny but it's it's very funny now because it's like i realized that i didn't know much back then anyway and i still never do because i'm forever learning so it's just like that's the that's the cool irony in the name itself as well just like oh that's so i love that it goes back to that though it's like i find with with any kind of craft the more you get into it and the more you learn the less you realize you know right hundred percent. And is that something 100%. that you found? Like, how do you, how do you keep learning and keep listening? Um, yeah. The best thing um, I've learned over the years is unlearning. Unlearning is learning. Wow. Wait, wait, explain, explain to me. Oh, unlearning. Basically like there's so many things that I guess we're, we're kind of born into and we kind of just been told that this is the norm in it. Mm. This is just life in general. And as you ask questions, as you grow up, you realize that certain things just aren't right. So you have to unlearn them to really then learn a new process. Right. So unlearning is learning. I was going to say, do you think that that's like your biggest learning curve? 100%. 100%. It's, it's the toughest, but yeah, it's, it's helped me grow a lot. Is there like a particular um, example of that that you have in your head? And that, I mean, like personally or musically or like you were talking about your, um, your mates anything with you i think society i think how i've looked at myself um i've kind of used society as a yardstick to then dictate how i should be or how i should do you know what i mean so there was a time in my life that was like it'd be like oh you're too um you're too you talk white for example or what does that mean don't know still don't know mm. um or so yeah too black for the white kids too white for the black kids never understood that statement mm. um but you kind of sat you sit with those things you're like okay raw like who am i like what what is it? and then you mm. yeah so that's i think that was the biggest thing unlearning that i'm just me mm. and i'm just a melting pot of so many cultures and things that i've i've seen and you know taken in over my life and i just yeah yeah, man. So that's the main, the main one. I think it's just my life in general, just unlearning certain things. You were talking about um, your sort of gospel background and living with your parents mm. and things like that. And I'm wondering how, how much, because now when people grow up, their upbringing is uh, a kind of mixture of their environment and also their like parental and educational upbringing and how much do you mm -hmm. think art for you music for you has really helped you to shape who you are compared to your kind of your family 
upbringing I guess that's what I that's a big quite a big question and I don't know if there's like a set answer to it but the way you're speaking sounds like it's something that you've really figured out through trial and error and yeah. I feel like very similar to you and I feel like I feel similar to you because of music if that makes sense and because yeah. of being so open about genre and being an educator as well and I, I wonder how much of it is that or if it's your parents or yeah I'd, I'd love to hear actually um I don't know why this has come to mind it's almost like a house the way I think about it so I guess my parents are the foundation right so they've they've set this they've set the ground um then me as a person I've gone out to find the bricks and I guess music is just a furnishing on the inside mm. of the house that's how I would see it so like maybe one day the interior is all the same like it's all the same kind of like motif or like whatever you want to call it like the same kind of vibe or sometimes it's maybe like a mixture of everything things from the past things from the future but my foundation always stays the same mm. my parents have they put that there and it's not going anywhere mm. do you know what I mean and it's a pretty strong foundation so it won't move so that's the way I see that's it lovely I love it that's I really beautiful love it. beautiful imagery yeah are your parents oh. are your family musical as well so my mum uh she sings so she sings in church um and she also played the saxophone a while ago yeah oh. she stopped playing that yeah she used to play sax and um my dad back in the day when he was a, a young boy in nigeria he used to play drums so yeah but um yeah they love music they all love music do they ever come and watch you yeah they do they do um they came to like my first headline they've come to shows and stuff like they're a big they're a big inspiration man they've um they, we can joke about it now but like i remember my mum and dad were telling me like when the first time i told them that i wanted to do music like they had the biggest poker face on ah! like, oh that's nice <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah but they're yeah they're they're probably like my number one fans yeah do you do you have sure. siblings who um at all yeah so um i've my younger sister and then two younger brothers as well so um the youngest who is now 12 he's gonna be 13 he's uh he's into music now he's mm. into production so your parents are okay with yeah, that or are they like what have you started Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right i mean it's kind of going all right for me so i don't know maybe they might yeah. just you know they're letting it go they're letting it go and plus he's the baby in it so mm. they're just like yeah like you said working as an educator really enriches your your uh creativity as a musician and everything but also i'm thinking about spaces as well and how mm. important it is as you must know to create safe spaces and yeah. um, how that influences your performance spaces as well for either young people you're working with, but also for mm. yourself. Have you got any kind of, um, has that changed for you, I guess? And have you had any sort of favorite spaces that you've performed in? With me, I think with the production I think it's the same with performing so with production I'm kind of in my own I'm in my head I'm in my own mind and I'm creating this space anyway like 
it's weird. I'm in a space, but I'm creating my own thing inside it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just, yeah. So when people say zone out, like I'm literally zoning out and just making my own. So when I'm making music, I'm, I want you to go to that space. Mm. I want you to then travel with me to that space. It might not look exactly the same, but I want to evoke something from you to go somewhere at least. Do you know what I mean? So there's that. And I think with the same with performing as well, like um, I always tried to make sure I do like a piece where there'll be no, like there'll be no instruments. It's just like an acapella kind of thing. And um, I want, I want people to kind of just take it all in and just kind of take, go there with me as well. So yeah, sometimes it's just, uh, you just kind of kind of bring out a physical version of that space that you want people to go in and that's with your mannerisms the way you say certain things the way you and I've and I've learned that through a lot of artists that I really respect in the music scene there's a guy called um Afro Not Zoo mm. oh, um yeah he's amazing honestly yes oh my gosh his yeah oh yeah you had to use it yeah he's so good phenomenal that that's one of my biggest inspirations performance wise like just how you're able to just take people with you evoke emotion and just yeah he yeah so i think it's just your yeah in my mind i'm just i'm trying to just physically bring that out and just get that out to people if that makes any sense yeah it does do you have a preference over performing to production is do you prefer one to the other or is it just um i love them both i think that i love them both for different reasons production is again like the journey of like uh discovery like just trying to figure out what i could do like putting this together how's that gonna work is that gonna work no no no. okay cool let's try something else so there's that discovery and then the final product but then with performance um being able to then bring a whole new element of that song um is 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 amazing and it always changes because it depends on like the lighting who's there um the sound on that day like it always changes but i just know that i'm always going to give like everything or always trying to give my you know give 100 percent of me and trying to give my thoughts out through that performance so that never changes but yeah you never know yeah Find out more about Josh by following him on Instagram at Intellect Music and also you can follow School of Bop, which is at School of Bop underscore. And also you can check out Billy Dukes, that's at Billy Dukes underscore. All the notes and links and everything you need in the show notes. Please do give us a five-star review. Um, even leave a, leave a couple of words if you're listening on Apple Podcasts um, and yeah just share it amongst your friends you know let everyone know about it it's really really cool and um, we can we can share we can share the love Indeed. share the love share the love uh, Josh thank you so much for uh, for coming to speak to us um, it was really really lovely even though I have not met <laughs> has but I I will certainly be meeting up in person yes yeah we might be best friends we're gonna arrange a night we're gonna arrange a party don't worry
We hope you've enjoyed the episode and want to keep us on repeat. You can follow, subscribe and like us on your podcast platform of choice and slide into our DMs on Instagram by following us at On Repeat the Podcast. All information will be included in the show notes. On Repeat was made, produced and edited by us and the theme music is an original piece by Ellie's jazz band Fujiyama and wonderfully resampled by Dee, the producer for the podcast. All of our guests give us permission to use their music. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to keep it on repeat. Repeat.